everybody. It's me, wide in the middle. You're Bradley Keith, how's it going? What is going on? Oh, not much. We got obviously a bunch of stuff to cover. Had some big news. We've also got a couple of uh, big news announcements with uh, upcoming drivers that we're going to see, obviously, in the nine car, but also in Trackhouse, the uh, Project 91, whatever the hell they call that damn thing for Coda, which I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward to. I've, I've actually never been more excited about an upcoming road race than I am uh, Coda, just because of the drivers that we're going to see, and obviously this new, this new uh, short track and road package, which, which we'll get into in a few minutes. But obviously today we've got. Our typical rundown, we've got our hit or miss, we've got our NASCAR driver pick them, um, which, you know, but Vegas was, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into Vegas, um, kind of a, kind of a disappointment, unfortunately, uh, after California being so awesome. But before we get into all the NASCAR stuff, I gotta talk about this last week's opening race at Bahrain in F1. Now, if you saw the race, you saw pretty much what was to be expected, or at least what everybody had kind of thought would happen um, with Red Bull's dominance. Red Bull comes out, they dominate. Max Verstappen puts on an absolute clinic. I don't know... What else to even say? Uh, they were literally discussing things to do with the car at upcoming races. That's how far ahead he was. Okay. I mean, that's insane, but that's how dominant they were. And yes, we got the feel good story of the day Fernando Alonso with his podium finish, first podium he's had in like a decade or something like that. It was some kind of astronomical length of time. And, you know, I, from my understanding, the last one that he had was kind of fluky. A bunch of cars had dropped out. He kind of worked his way up. Now, this one, there was, you know, Charles Leclerc dropped out, you know, so you can make the argument, would he have gotten it? I don't know. But he pretty much raced his way to a third place finish. It was a very impressive performance. And you've heard me say this before. There are people right now who will consider who consider Fernando Alonso the most talented driver on the grid, even more than Max Verstappen, even more than Lewis Hamilton, who many consider to be the GOAT. But just in terms of raw talent, driving ability, there are people who say Fernando Alonso is the best on the grid, which is really saying something. And Aston Martin has provided a car that looks pretty good. Now we're just one race in. So obviously we'll have to see if they can continue the momentum. But on the other end of that spectrum is a team that Fernando Alonso was with a few years ago, and that was McLaren. And you heard me talk about McLaren last week where I talked about how it might be time to start looking at Zach Brown because the team was just not doing good. And they backed it up. All right. What they said in testing, they absolutely backed up in the race. It was horrible. Uh, Piastri had a DNF, um, which kind of sucked. I was I was wanting to to see him actually do some racing. Didn't really get to see that. And then Lando Norris, I mean, his car was just horrible, absolutely horrible. And 
this last couple of days, I have been dealing with a company in my own personal business. And it reminded me of McLaren. And what I mean by this is, is that we see this a lot with big companies, right? Big corporations, these big, massive, you know, uh, behemoths, right? You could see it at a place like Walmart, right? Where you start looking at them, you're like, dude, you're, you're too big for your own good. You're so big, you've become this lumbering, slow to react, make dumb decisions because you're so big, things just get lost in the cracks. We've seen this or we've seen the opposite with Amazon, right? They're a massive company, but they're always looking to streamline processes, make things better. I know this personally. I worked at Amazon for a couple of years, and I was shocked at how efficient they were for as big as they were. All right. And now I worked in the shipping. I unloaded trucks and stuff like that. And when I worked at UPS, UPS at the time, you know, and I worked there, this was 20 years ago, but they were so big, they broke even on ground packages. That's how big they were. They, they only turned a profit on their next day air, two day air, early AM, that type of stuff. Everything else was break even. Okay. Amazon, which is, I mean, you're, you're talking about, it's knocking on the door of UPS, you know, the, these massive shipping companies, they're, they're making profit everywhere. Right. And it's because they've streamlined the processes. And this comes down to yes, you have good employees, you have good workers, but it comes down to vision and leadership. Right. I'm dealing with a company right now where they might be, in my opinion, one of the dumbest companies I've ever dealt with in terms of their processes. It makes no sense. It's so stupid in the age that we live in today for them to do what they're doing. It's mind boggling. I'll give you an example. So we have a auto glass business, my brother and I, right? And we work with body shops. We do the auto glass for body shops. Yes, I will go do, you know, Joe Blow's windshield down the street if that's the case, but for the most part, our bread and butter is body shops. Okay. And most people don't realize this, but high end body shops, if you ever want to know whether or not you're dealing with a high end body shop, just ask them, Hey, if you, when you paint the car, do you remove the glass? If the, if the answer is yes, they are high end. If the answer is no, we just tape it off. We rope it off. Then you're dealing with a, you know, miracle paint body shop, right? You're one of them places that does a paint job for like 200 bucks. They're just taping everything off. They're, they're not even remo removing the bird poop. They're just sanding it down. Like that's the shop you're dealing with. Okay. So the biggest one that we deal with is also the dumbest one. And what I mean by that is, is when it comes to receiving payment, okay, every other shop that I deal with, it's really simple. They send us a check once a month. They do COD. So when we do the job, I walk right into the office. The smaller shops are like this. I walk right in the office. I hand them an invoice. They cut me a check right then and there. It's super simple. Very, very simple. The biggest one, they had me fill out all this paperwork, right? They're, we're going to set you up on ACH um, payments where they're just going to wire it to my bank. I give them all this information. And what do they do? They set me up with their own personal Visa debit card that they put money on. And then I have to take that stupid virtual debit card. And then I have to go to my own credit card processor, pay a fee 
right? To get my own money that I've been paid. I have to, I have to charge myself a freaking fee to get my own money that I've earned from this business, right? That is adding steps to a process that you don't need to do. I've been in the online business space for a decade now. I've been successful at it for three plus years. There are, I could name off the top of my head right now, a dozen different ways to improve that process. A dozen. Okay. You could, you could shoot me up with Demerol and Dilaudin in the hospital and I could wake up in the middle of a surgery and still give you five, right? Like it's not that hard. But they make it out to be extremely difficult, extremely stupid, and moronic. And this is what I see with McLaren. I see a a a race team, a company that has so lost its way that they are they're just adding mistakes upon mistakes. How can you be this much worse than you were last year. How can that be possible? Remember last year, everybody thought it was Daniel Ricardo, Ricardo, right? Ricardo, he's done. He's washed. They they don't look any better. They don't look any better. In fact, they're worse, right? Lando Norris is considered one of the top young talents in all of F1. There are a bunch of teams out there that would love to have Lando Norris, right? A bunch of teams, right? I mean, if you gave Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull, right? You gave those the, the team principals, right? Fred Vasseur, Toto Wolf, and Christian Horner. Give them truth serum, and I'm betting you at least one, if not two out of three, would take Lando Norris over one of their other drivers. That's how highly thought of he is. And he's running in the back of the pack, getting beat by teams like Williams and Alfa Romeo. And to me, what I see is a team that has turned bad into worse because they have no direction. They're this big lumbering, what the hell are we doing? And like I said last week, to me, you got to start looking at the top. You got to start looking at the, the man in charge. Not the team principal, not the race engineers, the guy who's hiring all of them. Because if at the end of the day, right, the buck stops with somebody. Zach Brown is that man. And if this continues on, if they get past this first planned update that they've got and they don't see some real improvement, I don't know how you can continue with this guy. If you are a shareholder in McLaren, you are McLaren, right? You're McLaren. You're not Fiat, right? You're not, this isn't mini, the Mini Cooper F1 team. You're McLaren. Like you are considered like the Ferrari of Great Britain. Like what are we doing? And you can't get out of your own way. You are the second most historic team in all of F1. The only team that is more historical than you is Ferrari. And you're right there with them. You are half a step behind them in terms of your history, your legacy within the sport. And you cannot get out of your own way. What is the problem? You got the driver that you wanted to. Piastri, right? Once again, thought of to be one of the hottest prospects to come into F1 
you know, since Charles Leclerc, since Max Verstappen. Like, this guy is considered that level of driver. And you can't even give him a car, right, that is decent, let alone good. So what are you going to do moving forward? Because you can't just keep spinning your wheels and going backwards. Because as bad as we've seen them look in the past, right now, they look worse than ever before. And for me, as a fan, that is a sad, sad thing to see. All right, so let's dive into hit or miss. Keith, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, so we got, uh, we've only got four topics on hit or miss, but there's, we're going to have some some long talks with these four topics because it's a bunch of stuff. So first up, last week's boring race at Las Vegas is not a concern with the mile and a half tracks moving forward. Does that hit or miss the mark? Oh, man, I think for now it hits the mark because it's what our first mile and a half race. Um, I think it might get better, but man, if it don't, what a what a step back, because last season with the new car, mile and a half races were the best. Yes, they were. They were by far the best when I think me and you both said on this podcast last year and said it, we thought the cars were going to be better on the short tracks and the road courses. And it was flip-flopped. Yep. Mile and a half put on the better races. Now what's discouraging to me is Las Vegas was a snooze fest. Uh, I thought it was freaking boring. Then when you go back and you look at the week before at auto club and it's like, man, I think they're making a mistake taking this race off the schedule. Because it was far more better than the Vegas race. The Vegas races are just boring. Yes, it was. It's terrible. But I'm not going to give up on it after the first mile and a half. Um, I'm sure I'll have a change of opinion after the next couple mile and a half races. I mean, we got Atlanta. Well, I guess you can't even consider Atlanta a mile and a half. So. If this is the stage it's being set for the mile and a half package, could be a long season. Yeah, I I think it hits the mark, meaning that I don't think it's a cause for concern. If you look at what we had um in terms of the uh the race, right? The track was exceptionally cool for Las Vegas. It was really windy. Um, I don't know how much wind affects these cars in terms of, you know, I've never been in, you know, I've never raced one of these cars. I only know what I hear from from drivers and, and analysts and stuff like that. But I do know having been at Las Vegas, I've actually been to that racetrack a couple of times. When that track is cool and it's windy and it stays cool, it gets really one groove. And that's what we saw, right? I mean, we just saw those Hendrick cars just pound the bottom of that track, and they were on a rail. You know what I mean? They were just on a rail. 
And to me, what makes Vegas such a good track is when it's it, when it's warmer, they get widened out. You can see multiple groove racing. We saw that last year. We didn't see that this year. So I don't think it is a cause for concern. I think it was more of a situation in terms of the weather and how cool the track was and the amount of grip that was in that track, considering it's a worn out uh, surface. So um, I will say that at the end of last season, we did see, you know, the mile and a half kind of start to to not be as exciting. You know, we saw it with Homestead. It wasn't as good of a race as we had been hoping for. Um, but you know, until we see this type of racing, you know, a handful of times consistently, I don't want to give up on it because the, the, the majority of the mile and a half races last year were amazing. Yes. Coming off and coming off of Fontana, it just made it look that much more. So I don't think (laughs) it's a cause for concern. You know, I think it's going to be fine. And look, if it is, if they do, um, become incredibly boring then let's let's put the short track package on the mile and a half let's get them a shorter a smaller spoiler and and take some strakes off the car off the diffuser and uh send them out there so yeah i don't think it's a big cause for concern as of right now i think the only downfall is we don't go back to another mile and a half till may 7th at kansas yeah it's a long time you can still consider Atlanta a mile and a half. I don't because no, it's a restrictor plate race. Yeah, in Richmond, can't really consider that, or or even Phoenix. So yeah, I think Kansas will probably be good. I mean, the weather will always play a factor in the way the racing is, and I think we've yeah. seen that at Vegas. I mean, it was uncharacteristically cold and windy. Yeah, it was. And it plays a big factor in it. I mean, yeah. So, I think we'll I think we'll get a decent idea as well at Dover, which they go to Dover. Is it the week before or two weeks before yeah, Kansas? Week, oh, the week before week. Kansas. So yeah. you know they're they're not running the short track package at Dover just because of the banking and stuff on it. You know that's that that track is it's for a one mile track. It's big, wide, and fast. So you know Dover was decent racing last year. So I think we might have a. Uh, a better understanding of what the cars will be like. Um, but, you know, one of the things is, and, and, you know, we talked about this last year, is this is kind of to be expected. You know, we gave an off, you know, you give these teams an off season to really work on these cars. And I don't care how many items you make from a third party vendor where the teams just have to buy it and don't touch it. They're going to figure out the best way to use them. They just are. That's all yeah. there is to well, it. Well, and, and in any rule book, if you put a gray area, they're going to, they're going to, yes, play with absolutely. So absolutely. You can't mind that they're not messing with these. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cards. You don't look, you don't look at the rules that are wit- written in the rule book. You look for the things that aren't written and then you and, make and new you rules. Look, and yeah. You look at rewriting the rule book every yes, year. Every I mean, year. That's it. your we job. We seen it last year with the vinyl that mm-hmm. JGR used on Denny's nose. Yeah. I mean, it, yep. They so, do stuff. Yep, that's that's what you do. So so yeah, I don't think it's a big cause for concern yet, but we'll have to obviously wait and see. And we got quite the wait now because we got a lot of short tracks and road courses coming up. So all right. Speaking of 
road courses. Trackhouse has announced that they are bringing back Kimi Raikkonen for Coda, and this is a good thing for NASCAR. Hit or miss the mark? I think it hits the mark because you're going to have Kimi, yes. and then you're going to have another one, which I think we'll wait to, to yeah. talk about. That. I don't know if you got a yes, subject. I, I do. But, I do. But I think it's great. I think it's great that track houses continue in this car i would personally like to see some other road course guys come in but i mean i'm a fan of kimmy um i was a fan of when he first came to what was it the truck series with mm-hmm. kyle or somebody yep and yeah, years he ago did good, he did okay um he didn't do any worse than some of the full-time guys right yeah. now um, but i think it's great i think it's great for for even the whole sport of NASCAR, because you're going to get a whole new set of eyes on the sport just from the people overseas that follow Kimmy. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it's a great thing. I'm with you. I would like to see them get some other guys in that car, but I understand them wanting to get Kimmy back in it. If you look at what he was doing at Watkins Glen before the incident happened here, where he finished like 30, he was having a hell of a run. And I kind of think they were wanting to give him another shot. Because I definitely think he could pull off a top 10, even top five. And now that he's got some experience with this car, because it, you know, a driver like that who went through multiple eras in Formula One, went through different rule changes and was always able to adapt, that's, that is the level of talent that very few people have. You know what I mean? You hear it all the time when drivers were like, well, you know, this, 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 these rules, they fit his driving style. Now, Kimmy can drive anything, right? The dude can drive anything. So, yeah. So I think it's a good thing to get him in the car and give him another shot at it and at a track that he's been at, right? He's raced Coda. He raced it in Formula One. He also knows this track. So um, I'm I'm really looking forward to, I, uh, to Coda. Really looking forward to it. Me personally, I hope NASCAR uses this time to promote it, to promote Kimmy in NASCAR. Yes. I, hope, I hope they they advertise it as much as they did with Travis mm-hmm. Pastrana. Yep. Whether they will or not, who knows? They probably won't. Yep. So speaking of road race ringers coming over for Kodo, there's one more as the nine team has announced that Jordan Taylor will be driving their car at Coda. And for those of you guys who don't know, Jordan Taylor, he drives for Corvette uh, in the IMSA racing series. And this is a smart decision for Hendrick Motorsports and the nine team hit or miss the mark. I think it hits the mark a thousand times over and over and over again. Um, I think Jordan Taylor will come out and shock some people. Um, these cars are eerily similar to the GT cars that he races now. Um, I, th- I think it. I think I think he's going to come out and get a top ten. I mean, that's I, my bold, that's my bold prediction because Jordan yeah. Taylor freaking good. He's he's phenomenal, man. If you if even if you're not a um if you even if you're you're not like an IMSA fan and you don't watch that kind of racing, just go look up Jordan Taylor. Just type in go to YouTube, type in Jordan Taylor IMSA and just just watch some of his I mean obviously there's yeah. a bunch of really good drivers there, but he is he's insane. And to you know, obviously he running Corvette, you know, Hendrick being one of the marquee Chevy teams that also makes sense on that part where it's like, hey man, we got this guy we can bring over. 
And I think it's cool that, you know, it sucks that this, you know, he's in the car for what happened to Chase Elliott, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. But, you know, it gives opportunity to people like Josh Berry and also Jordan Taylor to hop into what we know is not just a race winning capable car, but a championship level contending car. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it, man. I like I said, I've never been more excited about Coda than I am. Uh you know, 100%. this, this, this time around, just because, and it's because of, of Jordan Taylor and Kimi Raikkonen. Like, I really hope yeah. I get to see, I really hope nothing would make me happier than to see those two guys battling it out on the track. I think that would be incredible. Hey, and I think they will. Because I think they will too. Last year, Kimi ran fairly well in mm-hmm. the new car, I think. And, uh, and I think Jordan Taylor will too. And and the good thing is, is Jordan's familiar with the NASCAR scene. Yes. He hangs out with junior motorsports. I know when the Dale junior download, when they do their track weekend experience where they get to buy tickets and go sit mm-hmm. in the, in the press boxes and they have Jordan Taylor come in and hang out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like it's an un- unfamiliar face and, We've seen Jordan Taylor absolutely dominate Rolex 24 races. Yes. Just EP races in general and and how much this car is similar to the GT cars, to the Trans Am cars, which is Jordan Taylor's bread and butter. I think mm-hmm. I think we will see that nine car be just as just as good, maybe a a tack a tick worse than Chase Elliott, because I think Chase Elliott's one of the better Yeah, Chase road- is one of the better road course drivers. <laughs> but <laughs> but you couldn't have a better driver. I don't think. No, you couldn't. You couldn't, man. It, it, it's um, yeah. He's, you know, he reminds me of back in the day when you would see like Boris said, and Robbie Gordon come over and Ron fellows. Whereas like, God dang, these road course guys show up and they're just ridiculously good. He, and he kind of reminds me of the Scott Pruitts of the world. Yes. Really freaking good in the GT yep. car. Someone mm-hmm. gave given the opportunity to come run, whether it's a bush race or a cup race. I think Jordan Taylor is going to turn some heads. Yeah, I'm with you. I think so too. All right, moving on. Uh, so the reason that Jordan Taylor and Josh Berry are getting this incredible opportunity has to do with Chase Elliott's injury, which we'll dive into the specifics of the injury here in just a few minutes. But the question is, should NASCAR or excuse me, NASCAR should give Chase Elliott a playoff waiver for his injury hit or missed mark? So do you agree that they should give him one or disagree? I think they should. I mean, they've they've given guys waivers after parking them for a weekend for wrecking somebody on purpose and then that driver getting a playoff waiver. Yes. I don't I don't think now's the time to set a precedence of nah, we're not gonna give one. Yes. Now going forward, do I think that the waiver structure should be adjusted? Absolutely. Because I think if you get hurt racing and I don't care if it's a go kart or a cup car, if you get hurt racing, I think that that should qualify as a waiver. Now if you get hurt away from racing i don't think that should qualify for a waiver but now's not the time to change the role just to blackball i'm gonna say chase elliott because honestly you can't expect these drivers to just sit in a cage all 
for for the whole season. You just can't. You gotta no, have you can't. a mental break away from everything, and and it's no different than us going to our full time jobs. We're gonna do stuff away from work that could potentially get us hurt. Yep. And and to be honest, Chase has a higher chance of getting hurt in a car accident than he does snowboarding. Yeah, he really does. You know, and I I'm with you. Um, if they want to revisit this waiver structure, I'm I'm all for that. But here's the deal: you can't re you can't reset the precedence with your most popular driver. You just can't Absolutely do it. Not. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, it does not matter. At the end of the day, NASCAR is still a business. You don't piss off half your fan base by punishing the the most popular driver. Right? We can sit and argue all day long about whether or not he should be out snowboarding and all that stuff like that. And I'm with Keith. I don't think you can keep these guys just cooped up and say all you can do is race a cup car. You know, their off season is only what two months? Right? Two months now and they get one yeah. weekend off. So yeah, you know what I mean? They get one weekend off during the season. It's an incredible grind. These guys have to go out and do something. Not everybody wants to play in golf okay so you know it's an unfortunate accident i think it at the end of the day it's still an accident shit happens right like keith said it could have happened driving his car to the shop so you know he's gonna get a waiver he should get a waiver you don't want to punish your driver like i said like keith said you know like you said you can't reset the precedence you had a guy who intentionally wrecked somebody they suspended him and they gave him a waiver so you can't you can't do that. You've got to give Chase Elliott a waiver. He's got to well, be eligible for the playoffs. And it's like I've seen some asinine posts on Facebook and Twitter that Rick Hendricks should park Chase Elliott for the whole year because of this. No, that's not the answer either. That is because stupidity. Did, deep down, do I think Rick Hendrick is mad that he got hurt? No. I think he's disappointed because he was hired to drive the nine car. Josh Berry was not. Yes. Jordan Taylor was not. They expect Chase Elliott to be there. But on the other hand, when you give these guys one freaking weekend off. What do you expect? From the span of the end of February to about the beginning of November. What do, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. What do you expect? You, you got you to gotta have a breakaway. It's, it's no different than on your off days from your full-time job. You're not going to work at work your full-time job on your off days no you're not you're you're gonna do do you and he did him now do i think there needs to be a little more better judgment on his end possibly but yes what's the difference of kyle larson going on a late model and getting hurt yep it's the same thing yep because even kyle larson can get in wrecks on the track as good as he is it can happen Now, will we see drivers go and race dirt midgets and stuff like that? Probably not. I think I think guys will use a little bit better judgment. I still think Kyle Larson's probably going to go run late model races this year. I don't think it's going to stop him. Hell, I don't think it's going to stop Chase Elliott from going snowboarding four months from now. Yeah. You just cannot. You cannot handcuff these guys. You can't. No. And it's no different than any other professional athlete. Yep, exactly. Look, I, since the start of this year, all right, since the start of 2023, I have been doing 16 to 18 hour work days, six days a week. And on the seventh day, which is Sunday, I will usually work a half day. And when I say a half day, I mean eight hours. Okay. I am in a business, right? Two businesses that not many people care about. Okay. Nobody's watching me run a race car on Sundays. Nobody is, you know, walking around with my racing apparel on all right and i can tell you 
I need to go blow off steam. If you are Chase Elliott, you've got to have something to go blow off steam, right? Whether it's snowboarding or golf or like Kyle Larson driving a dirt car, right? Whatever it is. So yes, these guys have got to have some freedom. All right. And it, and it it's the responsibility has got to fall on them. Let them choose. If they decide, you know, me and Keith were talking before the show started. Rick Hendrick said it best to Kyle Larson. Dude, you want to go run dirt? Go ahead. But if you get hurt, don't expect us to hold your ride forever, which is that that's the, the price that you pay. That's the risk that you have to be willing to take. And if they're willing and, to take it, that's up to them. And to be fair, what if this happened a week before the season started? Yeah. What if I mean, you're in the same different? situation. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, the thing is, is just people want to, people out there want to bitch. Social media is nothing but a cesspool. You know, um, one of the things that I learned with my my business online, you know, when I do videos and stuff, I'm always like, hey, leave me a comment down below. I don't read those things anymore because most of the people are, are great. <laughs> you know, most of the people are great, but you've got that five to 10 percent. And it's like, dude, you watch this video just to complain, just to to be negative. Like what what are you doing? Right. And you got something like NASCAR. I mean, people are, they're just looking for a reason to hate and, and say shit. So yeah, I, they got to give them a waiver, you know, the whole, what can drivers do during the season? I think that needs to be their responsibility. If teams want to start adding that in, right. You know, you, you've heard, I've heard people say, well, the team, you know, when they sign these guys, they should have it in their contract. Well, guess what? Right. You got, if you've got a, a Kyle Larson, for example, on the free agent market and, you know, a team, you know, Hendrick Motorsports is going to say, hey, you can't drive dirt anymore, though, if you drive with us. Do you think another team out there wouldn't say, hey, look, man, you can come race for us and you can race whatever you want as long as I know you- a team. I know you know a team I mean? right now that would. Yes. And, you know, there's a, a bunch of teams that would do that. So, well, and, 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 and to speak on that, not to talk over you, but you, you see it with Chase Briscoe. When he yes. runs his dirt stuff, his cup sponsors follow him. Yes. Alex Bowman, same thing. Mm-hmm. Kyle Larson, same thing. Chase Elliott, when he ran his limited schedule in dirt, what, yep. two years ago, yep. it was the same thing. Hendrick, Rick Hendrick backs his guys in anything that they do. Yep. And, and to hear the people say, well, he needs to be fired. That's All right, so well, go stupid. break your leg on your off day. And, and if you get fired from your job, tell me, tell me what you would think. Yeah. How yeah. it would make you feel. Because yeah. it's the same. It's the same damn thing. Now, I get it. Napa expects Chase to run a whole season. All them sponsors expect it, but shit's going to happen. Yep. yep. You I'm cannot gonna, yeah. keep these guys caged up. And, that, and that's the biggest argument that I've had the last two days with people. Yep. You can't. You can't handcuff them. Nope, yeah, you sure. Can't. You can put it in their contract, but... You think they're going to listen to it anyway? This is why they have insurance. This is why they put money back in case something does happen. Mm -hmm. Now, I think this makes Chase Elliott a better race car driver, honestly, because I think it's going to be a reality check of how good he really has it. Yeah, I think that I think that's uh, that's fair. I I can see we've seen it with we've seen it with Kyle Busch. Yes, we did. And so I I think that, um, you know, and and, and to be be 100 much more appreciative of it yeah, and to be a hundred percent honest here we've seen it happen with kurt or with kyle bush yes he got hurt in a bush race or an xfinity race we've seen it with tony stewart he broke his back what two days before the season even started in an atv accident yeah 
So it ain't the first time we've been down this rabbit hole or the sport has been down this rabbit hole. It's just you, now you get the haters coming out that wasn't here five, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. All right, moving on. This week, we've got the race at Phoenix, and this week's race at Phoenix will be the best short track race we've seen with the next-gen car thanks to this new short track package. Hit or miss the mark? I think it's going to miss the mark for now. I kind of got to see it to believe it. Last year's short track races sucked. They and <laughs> They were horrible. And, and Phoenix really doesn't race like a short track. I mean, it does to a point, but it, it doesn't at the same time, if that makes any type of sense. Yeah. But I, I think I think we'll have to judge it after Martinsville. I yeah, think Martinsville's it... going to be Martinsville's going to be. Um, I think a really good litmus test. That, yeah, and and I agree. Yep. Um, I do think this week's race at Phoenix will be one of the best ones we've seen. I don't think it will be the best. It will be one of the best ones we've seen. But then again, being the best, not really hard when you ha- when you're looking at what we have to compare it because short track racing sucked last year. With this new aero package right? This new short track package, what they did was they removed essentially five strakes from under the car. Now there's, they have the front strakes up at the front of the car, which help funnel the air, which basically essentially prevents the wash from the side out coming out the sides of the car. And then they're removing three strakes off of the rear diffuser along with the sideboards too. I think if I'm remembering correctly, I'd have to go back and look, but there there's a bunch of stuff they're taking off from underneath the car. Now this is going to reduce the downforce by about 30%. The big thing to me is yes, removing that downforce is key, but the big thing to me is the rear spoiler by them cutting that in half. What that is going to do is not really downforce. It's more drag. And when you reduce the drag, essentially, it's kind of a fake way of, you know, it's kind of a, a, a faux way of increasing horsepower. Now, at a track like Phoenix, is it going to be a horsepower increase that, you know, is, is, is it like going from, you know, 670 to 750? No, it's not like that. You're, you're talking 10 to 15. But could that reduction in drag at least eliminate some of the shifting, right? Because when you're on worn tires and you've got 30% less downforce, are we going to see these guys shifting as much? Because now you've got less drag. You can spin those tires easier. You can get the car loose easier. Will we see that? I don't know. That's what I'm hoping for. But honestly, I don't know. I will say in the tests that they did with this package, they were like, seven to 10 miles per hour slower in the middle of the corners, but they were still reaching the same speeds on the straightaways. So that to me is promising because that means more braking, more, you know, the car's going to be sliding around, obviously with the less downforce when the tires wear. Phoenix is fairly hard on tires, right? I mean, it's not a Darlington, but it does eat up rubber. We'll see how it goes with this new package because when you do reduce downforce you are reducing load 
If you reduce load, you are reducing tire wear, right? Now, there's two types of tire wear. You can have tire wear from load, and you can have tire where the tire's gripped up so much that it's eating it up, or you can have tire wear from spinning them, right, and heating them up. So it'll be interesting to see. But I think that Phoenix is going to be good. I'm, I am looking forward to it just because of this new package. I would personally love to see this package be great on the short tracks and then have them implement it on the speedways. That's where I'm at. Implement it on the speedways. We don't need a we don't need a four inch spoiler. Give them a two inch spoiler. Reduce the downforce on these things. Send them out there. Let these guys drive. Make it to where they have to drive. Let's make mechanical grip more important. Let's get rid of this arrow crap. I get it. You know, arrow matters, and we got to have it for racing. You know, and I I like it when people can get a run because they get sucked up on the car in front of them. That's all great. It makes the racing funner, right? In terms of excitement. But I also I don't want to see arrow push an arrow loose and all that bullshit, right? I don't want to see that crap. I don't want it to be, well, we got clean air, so we're going to be better than everybody else because that sucks. So hopefully this package gets rid of some of that and hopefully this week is is a good race. Now, Jamie McMurray said it best. Phoenix hasn't really had a good race since like 1992, <laughs> but hopefully yeah. this week, hopefully <laughs> this week will be, will be better. Cause yeah, he's right. You know, Phoenix, especially this new open dog leg crap. I hate it. I've never liked it. I don't even, why even paint the lines on the track? If you can just drive wherever the hell you want, what, what sense does that make? But um, yeah, hopefully it'll be, it'll be better than it has been. And I agree. I, I, I miss the Phoenix with the, the grass on the back straightaway. Yeah. I, it just put on better racing. Yeah. Much better. So yeah, we'll see. So that's going to do it all for hit or miss. But when we come back from the break, we're going to be doing our NASCAR pick them. Uh, last week, Keith definitely, definitely beat me. He had a really good pick. So we'll look over our results from last week and make our picks for this week. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right. So it is time to look at our NASCAR pick'em results. Keith, do you remember who you had last week? Was it Kyle Busch? No. I can't, I can't remember. You had Bubba last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you finished you had, like, close he, to the top five. He was fourth, yeah. You had Bubba. I had Ross. Bubba finished fourth. Ross finished 11th or 12th. So um, you you got the win. You are ahead in the points right now. You are beating me 25 to 20. Now, really quick, because we didn't talk about this in hit or miss. And the reason why is because I think it's pretty straightforward. But did you see the whole race? Yeah, I might have fell asleep during it, but yeah, I watched a lot of it. So did you see the ending? Should Should that last caution have come out? Did Kyle Larson get uh, robbed? It's opinion? so hard to tell without even being in one of the cars to know. But I think if if track safety's ever brought up, I think yes. I'm with you. Look, I I am a Kyle Larson fan. Okay, I actively root for the guy, and I, I I'm not shy about it. Okay, I've talked about it numerous times. I watched him literally grow up. I saw him racing his first outlaw cart races. When he was like 12 years old, he was kicking my ass, okay, in, in outlaw carts. 
Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I literally watched him come up. Right, I saw him in his first, you know, sprint car races. I like, I watched him become the driver that he is. So I actively root for him. He did not get screwed. He got screwed in the fact that he just, it just, that was the situation that happened. But NASCAR didn't rob him. Right? Yes. You can sit there. Well, he saved the car and they kept on going. It shouldn't have been a car. No, there was debris on the track. And like Keith said, if track safety is an issue, you have to throw that caution. You have to. All right. You can sit there and argue all day long about, well, NASCAR just wants to make it exciting and blah, 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 blah. There was no saving that race. Okay. I don't care what happened at the end. There was no saving it. That race was boring. That's all there was to it. You did not have to be a NASCAR expert to go, look, man, I think one of those Hendrick cars is going to win, right? You could have flipped a coin. All three of them were strong. They were all fast. You know what I mean? Had Chase Elliott not been hurt, all right, had it not been Josh Berry in the car, it probably would have been a one through four, you know, Hendrick uh, race. So, you know, yes, it sucks for Kyle Larson. He should have got the win, right, because he was definitely out there in front, had it under control. Caution comes out. But I get it. But here, it happens. Here's the thing. What if they don't throw the yellow and Kyle Larson runs over a piece of debris from it? Yes, and blows then, the then you're gonna have then you're gonna have the people come out. Well, that should have been a yellow. The yeah. same people that came exact out and same said people. that shouldn't have been a yellow. Yep. I think any time a car hits the wall the way Eric Almirola's did, because let's just face it, it wasn't a soft impact. No, it, it wasn't. It was a pretty hard impact with a new car. In the concussion issues, that is a caution 100%. Yep. Don't care what anybody has to say about it till they can prove us wrong that this car is safer than last year. It is a caution 100%. Yep, I'm with you. Yep, exactly. So, all right. So we got that out of the way. So anyways, you get this week's first pick um, because you won last week. So we got Phoenix. Who are you picking? Oh, man. I've got a guy in my back pocket that's damn near owned that place for the last, what, five, six years since he went to Stuart Haas. I'm not going to pick him, though. I'm I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go Joey Logano. Logano, huh? Okay. I got to say, I thought, I thought for sure you were going to be picking, picking your man. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta hold it off to later this season, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, no, I'll go with, I'll go with Harvick. I'll switch it. I'll go with Harvick. Are you sure? I mean, dude, you don't have yeah. to pick Harvick. <laughs> I, 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 th I think he's going to rebound this year. I, I yeah. really do. I'd rather keep Logano in my back pocket because I think he's got some stronger tracks coming up that I'd rather use him at. Yeah, but see, I, I'm with you. I I, 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 I would like to pick Logano right now, but I do think he's got some better tracks coming up. I yeah. would like to pick, you know, I would like to pick Denny. Right now, I, I think he's got he's some got stronger strong, tracks. Yeah, yeah. you it's know, just, I'd even like to. Tough. I'd even like to pick Blaney. I think Blaney's got a chance to have a really good run at Phoenix and and you know finish top five, even get a win. Yeah. And it's like well, I don't want to pick him because I would really rather have him at one of the bigger tracks because he does really right, well right. at those. And and the same could be said about Chase Briscoe, last year's winner. But I I think I think Kevin Harvick comes out and shows why he won the last not the last has won seven to eight races at Phoenix. Yeah. He's the reason why they should rename the racetrack this weekend to Kevin Harvick speedway yeah. for his <laughs> last year. Yeah. No, he's, he's obviously, uh, you know, he's been fast this year. 
Yes, he has been. He's, he's been, been very fast. fast. Yep. Now, granted, he's carrying the weight of Stuart Haas right now. The other guys just kind of got to pick up their slack. But we've seen it last year. He did the same thing. And I, I think he continues and he gets a win sooner than later. I'm with you. I do, too. Um, and with Chase Elliott out, it, it makes it that much easier to pick Harvick. Yes, it does. Uh, I am going to go a different route. I know this guy has not been good this year, but I do believe he's going to have a, a decent rebound this week. Um, no, damn it. I don't want to pick him either. I want to <laughs> save him for another race. Ah, dang Just it. Go ahead, man. go ahead and pick JJ Yaley over. At Rick oh, <laughs> God. Oh man. It's so tough. You know what? I'm going to go. Oh, damn it. I'm just, I'll now. pick, I'll pick, I don't want to pick him. I want to save him for the dirt race. <laughs> damn it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, dude, why is this so hard? I was about to say, if you think it's hard now, wait till the dirt race. Then we're I know. Gonna... I already know. I already know. Here. I already know who I'm picking for that. All right. Let, I'm going to, I'm going to take Truex. I like it. I'm going to take Truex Jr. He's been sneaky fast this year. He has been. He's definitely been better. Um, I think his crew chief fucked him last weekend, though. Yes. I don't know why they stayed out when they did, but hey, it that's why he gets paid millions of dollars to make calls, and I get well, paid to you judge know, him. You know what, though? I, I do get it in a sense. When you are... When you are... Um, you haven't been running up front all day. You have a racetrack that is very hard to pass because it is so fast, right? They took a shot. I think they were hoping that more cars would stay out, that they would have a little bit of a cushion, right? I don't think they expected to literally have new tires right behind them and right next to them. You know what I mean? Like I thought they were probably thinking like, maybe we'll stay out. We can move up get track position and maybe we'll have a little bit of a buffer, right? At least three or four guys who stay out hey, with and us. And I'm all for trying things. The guys yeah. ain't trying. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think when you're been, you've been running, you know, top 15, most of the race, you want to take a shot and see if you can come away with the win or come away with the good finish. I, I'm with that. You know what I mean? They ended up getting seventh. I think had there been a couple of guys who stayed out with them, I 100% believe had Truex been able to get a jump and get out there in clean air, he probably could have won that race. Cause that's how that track was. You know what I mean? That track with, you know, clean air on that track with the, the grip level it had in it was super important. So I do think that was potentially a possibility. So I'm with you. Uh, you know, it, it, it didn't play out obviously the way that we would have liked to have seen it, but I I'm all for throwing the hell Mary. So hopefully, hopefully they'll have a, a, a good race at uh, Phoenix because I don't want to fall behind in the points and, anymore. Than and he's typically good at short tracks. Yeah. Yeah, he so is. I, I think he'll, that's a good pick. Yeah. All right. So to wrap things up today, we've got a ask three wide email and it's, it's kind of different. So I, this guy, he's in my, he's one of the, he's, he's usually in my live streams. At least that's what he says. His name's Luke. He's usually in my live streams. For those of you guys who don't know, I have another business where I do sim racing and stuff like that. Most of you listening already know that. 
um, and I live stream a couple nights a week and we get, I don't know, it, it fluctuates, but I can have, you know, 30, 40 people in the live stream, you know, to, you know, 10 or 15. It depends on what time of day I'm doing it. But Luke writes in and he says, Tommy, Keith, I got a question for you. I've been trying to start my own business and I find it difficult to stay motivated. He goes, what tips do you have to stay motivated for doing your own thing while having a job? And do you recommend anybody online that I should follow? Thanks, Luke. Okay, so I, <laughs> I've i actually got a little bit of a tirade on this stuff because there's a lot of this stuff that really pisses me off. So Keith, I'll let you go first because I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on this. And Luke, I'm going to be honest, I don't, I don't know... I don't recognize you from the stream, but that does not mean I don't know who you are because Keith, you know, a lot of people have different names, right? They don't just use yeah. their name. They have different names. So he could be someone else in the stream that I'm just not thinking of. He could but, be user two, two, four, five, exactly. six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. He could be, you know, <laughs> pitch it sideways or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So do you got any thoughts on how to stay motivated or people to follow? I don't, I don't know if you follow I, anybody in, the, in that stuff, but. I don't, I don't know who to follow just because. Okay. I mean, well, I'll cover that because I got I think, a rant on that. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is don't don't get discouraged. Yeah. Like running your own business is hard. Me and my dad. Well, my dad ran his own heating and cooling business for years. I kind of helped him. And that's I was, tough. I was a sidekick and it it was tough. And yeah, we really didn't do any advertising. It was all word to mouth. Um, he would basically grew into the heating and cooling trade from when he was a kid. And then I kind of followed him in his footsteps. And that's what I do now as a full-time job, not running my own business though. I work for a company. Mm -hmm. So, so I think the biggest thing is, is don't, don't get discouraged. I would reach out in, and depending on what field of work you do, just see what other people do to stay motivated and, and, and to stay hungry. The biggest thing is that would drive me is knowing that I don't have a boss breathing down my neck 24-7, expecting me to get a mile-long list, list of things to get done. Yes. But on the other hand, you kind of need that kick in the ass to get it done because that that's your livelihood now now you're relying on yourself yes to to make the money to pay your bills to to do these other things that you want to do and it's hard to do it if you're not motivated yeah i i personally think it's difficult it is and i think when when you lose the motivation is when it's the hardest yep because now you don't want to do it and then it's a struggle to do it and then you eventually find the fire again. Sometimes, sometimes not. It, it's so hard for me to judge this because I don't own my own business. I, I work for a company. Um, yes. But you also, you know, you do do the podcast, but I, right? Yeah. yeah and, I mean, it's, and, even though it's, this, this is not some, you know, incredible business bringing in a bunch of money and stuff like that, you do do it. And it, you know, yeah. it's one of those things that we've been doing and, together now for over a year, right? You got to be I motivated think, to do it. Right, right. And and that's the biggest thing. Like if you're in a, in the field of work where you enjoy it, how that would just motivate me enough. And, and if I was to run my own business, I think knowing that I'd be providing for my family from my business, I think that would motivate me to just do it. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes you don't have any motivation. You just you got to do it to do it. It yeah. Um, the downfall is is you don't know if you're gonna fail unless you try. Worst thing yep. could happen is you fall on your face. Yep. You can't be afraid. You cannot be afraid of failure. No. 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 You, you got you got to take failure by the nuts and and go with it. Yeah. And the, the, the way to look at failure is not failure. You need to look at it as a learning experience. I learned this the hard way. The first business that I tried to do, I was so dead set on not letting it fail that I held on for probably a year too long, right? When I should have cut bait a year earlier, I held on to it for a year too long and, you know, I should have moved on earlier. Um, you know, this and and Luke, we talked about, we kind of touched on this with when we got asked about, you know, starting a podcast a while ago. And it, it's similar. And there's a couple of things on this. So first of all, motivation for your own business is, it's really hard. And you, you've, you say you're from the stream. So you've heard me talk about this before, but an entrepreneur, the thing that people don't understand and, you know, social media and stuff is great. It's, it's incredible. The world that we live in today has, there's, you've never had more opportunity to be something and be a huge success than you do today, right? Go at, I don't know how old you are, Luke, but I can tell you right now, if I went and I talked to my dad, right? And I was like, Hey dad, when you were younger, when you were in your twenties, why didn't you go out and get a job that fulfilled you? that you liked doing, right? He'd have been like, well, that wasn't an option, dipshit. We didn't have that option when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was you get a job and you take care of your business because that's what you do. And if you don't like it, suck it up, right? Like that's the generation or that's the that's what my parents, right? My 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 dad's generation, that's what they went through. This this has only come along really in in our generation where we can go out and do whatever we really want to do. Right? I've said it before. I make a living sim racing, right? Think of how incredible that is. Now, that being said, right? I talked about how I've been doing 18-hour days. Okay, I have two businesses that I run. Last night or yesterday, just for an example, and this is a, a typical day for me, an average day. I was up at four o'clock in the morning. I did not go to bed until after 10 o'clock last night. And I worked that entire time except for the hour and a half that I was at the gym. From 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m., I was at the gym. The rest of that day, I was working, okay? Now, my work varies, right? Most of that day, I was doing auto glass, which is very physical, but also the other half of the, or the other part of the day from, you know, 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock last night, I was sim racing, okay? So, and it's not just sim racing, but it's content creation and stuff like that. So it's two different things. Being an entrepreneur is incredible, but you need to understand that an entrepreneur, at least a successful one, is somebody who will work 80 hours for themselves as opposed to working 40 hours for a boss. That's really what you're doing. All right. Anybody out there, and I've got it. I'm going to go on a little bit of a tirade because I see so much of it and I see all these ads because I am an entrepreneur and I look up stuff that has to do with online businesses and everything like that because I run online businesses. I get a lot of these ads and a lot of this bullshit, okay, where these people come on 
and they talk about how you can make this passive income, how you can make six figures and you just sit back and all you have to do, if you know how to install an app on your phone, you can make an extra 10 grand a month. Whoever is saying that is lying to you. It is a flat out lie. It's bullshit. Okay. It is absolute crap. 95% of the people who are out there pushing this, I can teach you how to be rich and successful are full of shit. Most of them have never started a successful business. The only way they make money is teaching the crap that they're teaching. That's how they make money. Most of the people who do who teach Amazon dropshipping, they don't make money doing Amazon dropshipping. They make money teaching people how to do Amazon dropshipping. Think about that for a moment, right? Think about that for a second. Imagine that you had, okay, a, somebody who's... <laughs> Imagine Warren Buffett, right? The most successful stock trader in the world. Imagine Warren Buffett showing up and saying, hey, I'm going to teach, he's going to teach me how to do auto glass. He's never done it before, but he, he took a course on it and he read a book on it. So now he's going to be, he's going to teach me on it. That's essentially what these guys are doing. They've never actually had a successful business. They took someone else's course on how to start a successful business. And then they've turned around and started teaching that. Okay. So you have to weed through the bullshit and it's out there. 95% of it is out there. Also, when it comes to motivation, and this is why this email really caught my attention also because this was the only one we got this week. We only get like one, one a week, maybe one every other week. We don't get a lot of questions. But the reason why I was so amped up to answer this is because we've seen this huge explosion in what I call hustle porn, right? We see it all the time where you've got these idiots, these jackasses, right? These Gary V's and Grant Cardone's and all these clowns who come out there and all that. What do they say? You got to hustle. You got to grind, right? I'm up at three o'clock every day. And by 5 a.m., I've already worked out, made six figures and had my breakfast and took my kids to school. And if you're not doing that, then you're a loser, right? Like that. It, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah, get up early. Yeah, get stuff done. But this whole grind mentality that these guys talk about, dude, yes, 18 hours a day that I do, it's a grind. But if you're not if you're not accomplishing anything, it then it's pointless to just grind. You know, you know it's a grind? Going out and jackhammering concrete. Go do that. What are you accomplishing? Nothing. You're just making a fucking mess, right? So, you're just putting a hole in the ground. So, if you're not actually accomplishing anything, then grinding is stupid. There's no point to it. All you're doing is wasting time. My my mentor, who you asked about people to follow, there, I would only recommend one person. His name is Jason Stapleton. Go look him up. I talk about him all the time. He And I've, I've went through courses for a ton of people. I have taken stuff from a ton of people, man. Grant Cardone, Frank Kern, uh, you know, Russell Brunson, you name it. Like I've gone through their stuff. The best one, in my opinion, there was, there's two of them and one of them's no longer here. And that's Dan Kennedy. The other one is Jason Stapleton. And Dan Kennedy was kind of the godfather of all these guys who, who do this stuff now, at least the successful ones. The other one is Jason Stapleton. He's legit. He actually speaks the truth. And he was the only one that when I started following what he was teaching, saw legitimate success and results. And because he didn't just push this whole bullshit 
of get up and grind and let me make a video on my private jet and talk about how you need to get out and hustle, right? That's all they do is they just say a bunch of nonsense that are just catchphrases and keywords, but there's no substance to it. There's no substance to it. So stop. Don't listen to those clowns. All they're going to do is make you feel like you're not getting anything done. When At the end of the day, if you're out there just doing, right, if you're just grinding, okay, and you're not accomplishing anything, it's, it's activity masquerading as accomplishment. Have a plan to what you want to do and, and follow it and stick to it. And every day when the alarm clock goes off and you don't want to get up, get up. Get up and do it. You have to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and understand, and this is the most important piece of advice that I can give anybody on this because I'm going through it right now. There is no ending. There's no destination, right? Happily ever after does not exist because that means that it, it just that, that you're done, that it stops. There is no point where you're going to sit back, kick your feet up, do nothing, and just have money roll in. There's always going to be something else. There's always Shoot. going to be some next step. <laughs> if it was that easy. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, there's no point where it's just like, oh, man, once I make 10 grand a month, I'll be fine. No, no, no. That's not the way it works. Once you reach that point, now it's not just about maintaining it. It's about continuing because you've got to improve. You've got to get better. Yeah. And here, here's what I'm going to add to it. So I, I'm going to use when I raise sprint cars as, as a business, use mm -hmm. it as if it was a business. What, what I would use to motivate me is I would watch the guys around me, Robert Blue, Brian Clausens of the world. And I would say, I want to be as good as them. That, that's what I want to be. I want to mm -hmm. be as good as Robert Blue in, in the Brian Clausens and the Dave Darlins. You, you got to look up the people that are doing the same thing as you, but are doing it a hundred times better and use that as motivation. Use them as motivation that, damn, I want to be right where they're at. Yep. And, and yeah, it's a grind anymore. Anything in this world is, is a grind. And if you're not grinding, yeah, what are you doing? You're just, you're, you're pedaling in water. Yep. You're yep. a stick in the mud and you got to be, more than just that stick in the mud. Yep. Get... Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. No. You got to be willing to put in the work, right? And, and failure is going to happen. It's yeah. inevitable. Yeah. And it's you just, just got to keep pushing forward, man. Yeah. You just got to keep pushing forward. You know, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. Oh, my God. Dude, you think there aren't days? I can tell you right now, it was this morning it happened. My alarm clock goes off, and I'm like, Dude, this man, like, what yeah. the fuck? Oh my God, I've literally slept like four hours. I do not want to get up, right? It's cold. It's, you know, freezing outside. And all I want to do is stay in bed with my wife, right? That's all I want to do is just stay in my nice, warm, cozy bed and get some sleep. But I can't. You know what I mean? Like, I got to get up and I got to do it because at the end of the day, all right? I've had, I've worked a ton of jobs. I've worked in a bunch of different industries and businesses. And I can tell you right now, right now, that even though I've never worked harder than I'm working right now, and I've never worked more than I'm working right now, I've also never felt more sense of accomplishment than I, than I feel right now. It is a great feeling to know that the success that 
I'm receiving is because of the, it's a direct correlation to the work and effort that I have put in for years, right? Take the glass business out of it, just the online business, right? That was the culmination of a decade worth of work or to this point right now, but you know, in the time that it started 2020, right. I had been trying to get stuff going for seven years and I, you know, I've told the story before with the sim racing stuff. It was kind of a fluke at how I fell into the sim racing stuff, but the skills and knowledge and experience that I had in other industries online was what helped propel the sim racing business. Right. And that was a lot of work and a lot of time that I had put in every day, getting up every day, you know, not seeing any, not seeing the results that I wanted to see. Right. I remember my wife being like, dude, Tommy, is this worth it? You are killing yourself and you're not making much money. Is this really worth it? She's like, I don't want to see you end up in an early grave because of you trying to get this going and it never happening. And I was like, yes, it's worth it. It'll be worth it. And ultimately it was. And a lot of people won't reach that point. They'll give up before they reach it. And you have to know that it can happen. You just got to keep pushing and it's going to suck. It's going to suck. It's going to be hard. But if you keep pushing, I promise you, if you stay at it and you actually are accomplishing something, right? Don't just go out and just grind, just, just grind. Yeah, it's a grind, but you got to know what you're doing, right? Just go out there and hustle, bro. Hustle, put in the work, put in the effort. Okay. Thank you for that, 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 that infinite wisdom, Gary V. What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. (laughs) What am I supposed to be doing with that? Right? That's stupid, right? Like that's just, it's just nonsense advice. So you just, Self-motivation is hard, man. Whatever you got to find to keep you motivated, do it. For me, every single day, it's my wife and kids. It's my business. It's knowing that I've got other people that are counting on me, that depend on me, right, for that. Um, you know, like we talked about earlier with Chase Elliott's injury, right? He's got a whole team of people in, in, in uh, you know, the nine car and Rick Hendrick and all these people that depend on him being in that car, Napa, right? So, 100%. yeah, when you've got that kind of, when you've got that kind of pressure, you know, it can propel you to do incredible things and to push you through a lot of stuff that's uh, not fun to push through. And, and when you push through it, I promise you, and you achieve that, even when it's small, it will be worth it. And and that's the biggest thing. Like if you got a family, wife, kids, no kids, that should be your biggest motivation, knowing that if I fail, mm-hmm. I'm not failing myself. I'm failing my family. Yep. And and in the Chase Elliott analogy, he kind of failed his team because yep. when that nine team wins, everybody on that team gets a bonus at the end of the year. Yep. For each win that they get. And now that Chase is out of the car, now now it's like, what the hell do we do now? Yep. Where do we go from here? Yep. So, so. Uh, the biggest thing is, the biggest thing I can say, like I said earlier, find somebody in the same profession, same business of you that is bigger and use that as motivation to, I want to be there. Yep. I want to get to the point to where I have people working under me to where... I don't have to work nearly as hard, Mm -hmm. but it's also hard to get to that point. You got to work for it. It's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard. I mean, I've I've been doing it for years. Because I I wanted to run my own heating cooling business after my dad got out of it, and then it was, I'm not I'm not comfortable taking that step, knowing that 
if I fail, I fail everybody around me. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, man. It is hard. And, you know, the amount of stress and stuff that comes with it, it's hard. It is. It's not simple, you know. And, and that's and there's so if it was much easy. more to it. If there was easy, everybody exactly. would do it. Exactly. But it's not. But that's what makes it worth it, man. That's what makes it worth it, Luke, is if you can do it, you can be a part of a very small group of people who are successful at it. And that is something that I find an immense amount of pride in is the fact that I am a, I am accomplishing something that that many have tried and very few have achieved, even though I'm on I'm a I'm I'm on a very low level of it. Right. I'm very, very small in the online space. You know, we're, we're, you know, in the auto glass business in our area, we're actually one of the bigger ones already, but with the body shops, but in terms of just overall business, we're one of the smaller ones, but we're still successful where most are, where most are not. And that's the accomplishment. That's the achievement. And it's, like I said, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. Um, you know, getting motivated, staying motivated. It is, but find those things that, that propel you and then use those. And when it comes to following people, yeah, uh, most of them are clowns and, um, you know, check out Jason Stapleton. Like I said, even if he's, you know, cause he just helps business owners. Now he can help you. He definitely helped me a ton. So, so yeah, good question, man. Um, you know, everybody, sorry about the tirade, but that stuff, it drives me nuts. Um, I get asked, believe it or not, I actually get asked this not this question specifically, but I get asked about starting businesses or, or how to do, you know, business related stuff at least once every other week, if not once a week, I have a bunch of people who hit me up, um, about this stuff. And a lot of them, it's the same story. They've been following a lot of these clowns out there who just push a ridiculous narrative and they buy their courses and they don't see any results. And it's, it just, it sucks, man. It's frustrating that um, that that's happening to him. So, so yeah, don't fall into that trap, man. Um, if you haven't already, but you guys, if you want to write in, ask me and Keith a question, it could be racing related or like we just had with Luke's question, non racing related, um, send it to ask three wide at gmail.com. That's ask the number three wide. And that's all one word at gmail.com. And we will answer it. So that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you very much, as always, for joining us. Please make sure to download, like, subscribe, follow the show, share it with people that you think might like it. Hell, share it with people that you think might hate it. Just get it out there. Um, the show numbers do continue to grow. Um, it's it's slow, and, but it's steady, and uh, we definitely appreciate it, man. It, um it's cool. Like I said, we don't make money doing this. We do it just because it's enjoyable and fun. And yeah, maybe one who day it might, like might get bigger. Yeah. You know, who doesn't like to talk racing? You know what I mean? It's just fun. So, so keep helping us grow the show and do that. We will be back next week to do this all over again. So Keith, my man, have a good weekend. Will do. You do the same. I will do the same. Hopefully we uh, don't, we don't get flooded with this whole freaking pineapple express coming in. That's going to melt all the snow that we've got. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that'll do it for me and Keith here on to, on this week's podcast. All of you have a great weekend and until next time, take care.